Hello and welcome to the Ross, L and Luke show. We're Aussie blokes, we're dads and we're entrepreneurs. Between us, we've made a lot of mistakes and learned a few things about life, love, relationships and business. And we're here to share those with you. You may get three different perspectives or you may get one universal agreement. But whatever you take away from today, you can be guaranteed we enjoyed delivering it to you. Gentlemen, how are you? Well. Yes. Excellent. Oh, my God. Yeah, thank you. Great. I, I can see lots of teeth, so there's a lot of smiling going on. <laughs> a lot of smiling. No, no frowning. How are you, Ross? I'm, I'm fantastic, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So where it's are we a... today? A bit of context. Yeah, so I've got a, um, a question that I'd love to, to pose to you gentlemen. Um, is loneliness in today's society the world's biggest epidemic? <laughs> <It's silent. laughs> I, uh, as, as a, no, I have automatic answers to everything. I'm wired that way. Yeah. Um, surprise, surprise, I've got a 15 year old daughter who's wired that way. It's good. It's fun. So, so. <clears throat> it's also a very high D on the disc. Model. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hi, D. So, <laughs> to me, there is a very obvious answer here. And that is that there is no world ec- epidemic. So, there's no epidemic. There is no one thing for the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the person saying that is seeing that. However, that's them. And people who are like them or people who are seeing what they're seeing or however that, that stuff works. So I believe that really the really important takeaway from the question actually mm-hmm. is what does that mean for each of us? Each of us perceives what we perceive in our environment, in the world generally. And we then respond to that based on our past Mm -hmm. and our thinking. And so whatever we see as the thing we can affect here and now is, is the most important thing. Now I I realized that question was, you know, what do we do about it? However, to me, it's, it's a question that's not, oh, is it an epidemic? What are we going to do about it? So it's important for me to say there is no epidemic. Mm -hmm. The media likes to portray things as there's this going on. There's that going on. There's this trend, that trend. And what are we going to do about it? And really in my mind, all of that serves the, the structure of commerce and marketing and consumerism and so on. Sure. What if I rephrase the question and I said, is loneliness in today's society the world's biggest consistency? Well, I'd say it might be for you. It's not for me. Okay. Yeah, it's subjective to each person. So define, so what, you know, define loneliness. So what does loneliness mean to you, Al, in a short form? Loneliness to me would be... For you uh, personally. Yeah, like, would, yeah. To me, it would be a lack of, mm. of genuine connection with other people. Okay, cool. <clears throat> and what about you, Ross? <clears throat> I think that probably states it pretty well. So that's it. That's yours? Yeah, for loneliness? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there's a, there's a level of connection that we have with other humans that is pretty rare in today's society. Like really getting to know someone um, and not just what they say, but so much so that we know how they think yeah like we understand them to a whole new level so yeah connection on a deeper level yeah yeah I, i'm pretty consistent the same i think loneliness you know, difference between space like having your own space mm-hmm. time to think you know for me that's not loneliness um but there probably would be a point that i've had enough space and i need a bit of connection mm. so for me personally that yeah i i, I kind of agree so but yeah, different levels of loneliness would be determined on you know potentially where people's heads are at or where they're at in mm. general. Where, they, where their sense of connections at? Yeah, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're witnessing a breakdown of 
I guess, um, like the family unit, like there was a breakdown of tribes um, and the last tribe that was left was the family unit. And we're witnessing in today's society a, a breakdown in that. Like so many kids, when they get home, they don't be part of their tribe at home. They go off into their rooms and um, jump on their, you know, iPhones, iPads, yeah. you know, tablets, PC, whatever it is. Um, and then it's, and that's very lonely. Even if you look at the social media, the kind of communication that people have in there is typically not very deep either. Like they don't. I'm not saying it's not happening. Yeah. Um, and it's it comes down to every individual, like you were saying, Al. Every individual will create the own experience of their world. But what I'm seeing a lot of is the conversations that go on online. Everybody's talking, but there's very few people listening. So when you're talking and no one's listening, you're not feeling heard and you feel very isolated. You know, so many, there's that conversation about um, <coughs> if we are being lonely in a crowd. You know, how do you be lonely in a crowd? Well, you know, you don't talk to anybody. You don't get to know the people. Yeah. You can do that anywhere, anytime. But that's what people are learning. That's kind of the skills, like not to inquire into someone because we're getting, because we're now so, you know, it wasn't that long ago, there were stories of, of people living in one bedroom, like one bed, like the whole, like three generations living in one bed together. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't that long ago. So they would have to be intimately aware of each other. You know, what they, everything they know about the other person. You know, imagine how deeply you'd have to know someone if you lived that closely to them. Whereas now we've all got our own bedrooms. You know, growing up, I've, you know, I'm sure I've mentioned on here, I have my own ensuite. You know, I didn't really have to talk to anyone except, yeah. you know, mealtime. And even then I could probably avoid everybody else and go and eat my, <laughs> eat at my own time. So we're getting this real, real breakdown in, um, in community is what I'm witnessing. There's a great um, book. <clears throat> you both know C.S. Lewis. Yes. Yeah. He wrote a great book called The Great Divorce. I think I've spoken with you about this, Ross, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. On one. So have you heard of that one, Luke? The Great Divorce. No, I haven't. So I used to drive cabs, and uh, someone had left a copy of this book in the glove box. Yep. And I thought it was a rom- romance. Oh, yeah, the guy wrote Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, Great Divorce. It's some yeah, sort of romance. Yeah, yeah. I'm not reading that. But, you know, 1 a.m. on a Tuesday or whatever, eventually it's just like, I've got to do something because I'm going mad here. So I start reading it, and it was very compelling. And what it is about is being divorced from God, actually. So I don't know if you okay. know C.S. Lewis was yeah. an avid Christian. I didn't know that until this point. So interestingly, Lewis describes hell as this neighborhood where you arrive in hell and you arrive in the neighborhood and you've you got your neighbors and whatever, and it, it's, it's like life. It's like earth. Yeah. <laughs> However, over time, you, you, you move further and further away from your neighbors. Mm. And God is not present there. Mm. So actually, what Lewis described as hell is being divorced from God and from every from connection with anybody else over time. Yeah. So it is interesting then that you make the observation you've made <clears throat> that to me that so what you're describing is hell on earth mm. in that context. Yeah. So I find that really interesting. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and just kind of to give context about how. Um, how much this plays on our psyche when you're not connected to other people. One of the things that they do is they do isolation. You know, like you've, you know, during the war, they used to stick people in a hole um, or something like that. In jail, they used to stick people in a, you know, in a cell on their own and isolate them, have no contact with anyone. I believe they've actually banned that now. 
because of the damage it does on psyche. So, or at least shorten the length of time you can do it because they know of the yeah. massive impact that it has. So being alone is a, you know, is a really horrendous thing for people. And everybody who commits suicide believes they're alone, regardless of how close they are to someone else or who, who might do anything to help them out if they had any idea. Yeah. And even if they had an idea, probably don't know really what to do. But they think they're alone. It's not the reality, but it's the perception. So that comes down to, yeah, that, you know, the thinking again, you know, it can get away from mm-hmm. you no matter what situation you're in uh, and that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic. I think with the advent of the juggernaut of, you know, consumerism and bigger houses and ensuite mm. for each child and all the rest of it, well, you know, we're wealthier. We naturally are, you know, uh, as, a, as, as a human race. We're, we're wealthier. You know, there's never been a better time to be alive with all the opportunities. Mm. Uh, I and, certainly felt really sport having that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I felt the, like, you know, king of the hill. So it's not a bad thing. It's come from somewhere. Maybe it's like a, you know, a Metricon Homes is going, we think this is a good <laughs> idea, you know. We're just going to start building bigger places. And mm. I don't think they're looking to disconnect from people, but you know what I mean? Like, that's not the premise in no. in having that. And I think that even if we took our families and just plonked ourselves in a one-bedroom apartment and said all live together, it may not be hunky-dory. We kind of had to do it... Um, you know, through necessity. You know, I know my grandfather, he had a family of 10, so nine siblings mm-hmm. and one parent, and they lived in a right. one-bedroom uh, apartment uh, in the east end of London, you know, throughout the war and stuff. So that mm-hmm. was pure necessity. So if I had a choice and the resources, they chose I'll choose an ensuite, you know. But they, sure, but if we go back, 200,000 years, yeah. which is how long the human race has been around for. Yeah. And we look how little of that we've actually kind of been modernised and living like we are now. Yeah. It's such a tiny speck on that 200,000 years. Um, and for 200,000 years, we've probably been sharing tents and, you know, living in the open or whatever it is, like no private little room to ourselves. Yeah. Well, 200 years ago, pre-industrial revolution and most of us did not. Yeah. Mm. It's only 200 years. <clears throat> yeah. But we didn't know. We don't know what we don't know. So back in that, you know, back in that era, you know, there is nothing but tents. There's no choice. You know, there's nothing. You, know, you can't buy a five-bedroom home, you know, in the burbs, you know, because it just wasn't around. So it's kind of... And we've evolved that way, though. For 200,000 years, that's been the way we've evolved and lived. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So to now be doing something very different, are we structured to be able to manage ourselves and manage each other and deal with that like is is there does that gap cause a problem that's really i guess the question does the gap in like the luxuries that give us that gap between ourselves and the next human being yeah and the lack of um like the other thing that we're doing is we're sticking the oldest widest wisest people in the community in homes and, and visit them you know on special occasions yeah like they're the wisest people. They've lived the most. They've seen the most. They're probably the best to be able to teach us and and you know share their wisdom with us. But we stick them away in a home, and then both the parents are too busy to, um, you know, they're working full time jobs and too busy to spend time with the kids. Who's looking after the kids? Who's teaching them how to communicate and how to get to know each other and you know express everything they need to express and feel heard and loved and everything else? Yeah, the internet. 
the internet. Well, the internet, but then you start to <laughs> but feel lonely because the, internet the internet's that? not giving you what you no, need. You not. Know? I, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that. Well, but saying, that's a scenario. That's the yeah, the question. it could be one of many. Yeah. Look, I, so I grew up largely pre-internet. So I was, I was, I was in, I was in, I was a late teenager when I got, I was on the bulletin boards, etc. Um, however, I still weren't too much yep. about relationship, let's call it. Yes. From, you know, books, etc. than from the real world, even then. All right. So, mm-hmm. and that's, that was in the seventies and eighties. So it's the same with the internet today and what we, what we learn. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I think. It's a tough one. Again, it sort of comes back to that fact that we can we can live disconnected lives and we could start to feel lonely, but you know, once we start to tune into ourselves, you know, we're naturally as human beings, we we do have that ability to come back and want to seek that natural connection. Now that's not gonna mm-hmm. happen for everybody. I understand that. So yeah, it's kind of that I'm looking on the brighter side of things, but you know, I kind of think that even if we do get jammed in houses that are miles apart no one talks that eventually someone's going to get jack of it and go well fuck it i'm pulling the plug we're not doing this we're gonna you know go over here for a bit it's like what's this all about and so people start to come out of their holes and generate a bit of a community you know for your for your family and your friends and and you naturally probably surround yourself with people that are a bit more sort of you know connected so then you start to feel connected you go well i like that i kind of like what they've got yeah it feels good even looks good you know Mm. so you know, not to keep up with the Joneses, but you're like, well, that's great. You know, so if, if you're doing things that naturally can create uh, moments of connection, I think that's an innate thing that we have in us. But again, if we're looking at the internet for all the answers and it's just not giving it to us, well, fuck, we've got no bandwidth, have we? It's just clogged up with um with Google and we'll move on to YouTube and watch kittens and yeah, how do well, I my... connect with people? You know, <laughs> is, that a, is that a search term? I mean, how widely... Uh, searched is that on YouTube? <laughs> I won't what, be able to find how widely, but I'll be able to. How many hits does YouTube have? Like, how do I connect to people? That'd be an interesting. Uh, it would. It would, yeah. Interesting. M- my stat. kids, um, we've got a um, one of the Google Home Minis, and yeah. my kids ask it everything. They wake up in the morning, go, "What's the weather?" And I said, "You've yeah. just been outside, and you're asking Google <laughs> what the weather is. Come on." Top four on my phone. Top three on my phone. Are, how do I connect to Netflix? How do I connect my iPhone to my TV? Oh, yeah. How do I connect to Telstra Air? Ah. Right, so nothing about people. Not yet. And then, <laughs> and then Chromecast Wi-Fi. Yeah. I put in the word other. Computers on my network. <laughs> Trees on Ancestry. So other Wi-Fi, other players in Minecraft. Oh, jeez. It's right. almost other people. But even when I put in other people, it still had to connect to other people's Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Great. all of the suggestions Google are giving me are tech-based. Yeah. However, when I actually hit search, Forbes have an article, The Seven Pillars of Connecting with Absolutely Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. But that's for marketing purposes, I'm sure. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's there's seven, it's marketing. And, yeah. you, and you do, you have to, to make a connection with people, it's a, you know, it's a conscious decision uh, to, to go and speak to somebody that you don't normally do. So yeah, getting out of your comfort zone mm. is important and that's how you establish relationships. You know, for me, I've met people that I thought I would have never have spoken to you know, a while ago, I'm a pretty quiet sort of person. Well, not quiet, I should say I'm pretty uh, private. <laughs> quiet, <laughs> private, very different. Um, but I've kind of opened up 
and that's most people are private today though yeah yeah like we we've we've got this thing called privacy we now want this privacy but we're we're almost becoming um like it becomes almost like our jail yeah because we need we struggle to then be open and vulnerable with another person because we've created this need for privacy um but then when we're open and vulnerable with another person this amazing thing happens amazing deep connection that you get which most people have just don't have the skills to do they 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 have skills to respond quickly like to answer and and that's why people have arguments because they don't listen to the other person yeah um it's not that you need to agree with the other person but unless you understand not only what they said but their motivations for saying it and what created those motivations it's really hard to give a meaningful response yeah yeah people are a complicated beast yeah we are <laughs> You certainly are. So, um, it has actually raised another question for me. And I'm wondering if we, you know, we've only been talking for about 15 minutes today, so it's pretty short. Yeah. But um, I'd love to talk about listening. Mm-hmm. Think we keep that for the next one? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all ears. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon do it. Yeah. Yeah, lead into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. Keep it for the next one. Keep it for the next one. Oh, awesome. Cool. So that that actually, um, and part of the reason for that is I want to thank one of our, one of our listeners. So, uh, Gareth has kindly written into us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's, that's awesome. We appreciate the feedback. So, um, one thing he shared with us is the meandering's fun, but sometimes it's nice just to stick to be stick to one point. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for us to end this podcast here and start the next one. And talk about listening. Is there anything else that you gentlemen want to say before we move on? See you next week. Yeah, see you. Excellent. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.